I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us and hanging in there with us. Um, I know last episode was maybe not as exciting, some background info, but we hope moving forward, we're getting into the juicy details now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to go through our first year of marriage here. Yeah, this should be exciting. (laughs) We'll give a little background on that. We ended last time two weeks before our marriage when I decided to go on a great trip and leave my wife to find an apartment all to herself. But I think it's important that we talk about the mentoring of the relationship and the marriage that we had, a.k.a. did not have. (laughs) Um, From even when we were at the Bible study, our... In college. In college, our relationship with the head of that Bible study and the mentoring relationship was very controlling when it came to our relationship as far as knowing everything about it and making sure that our relationship, our love for each other was never even close to our relationship and love for God, which is a great thing in theory, but in practice, I think it made us downplay our care for mm-hmm. one another. What What do you think? Yeah, I remember. That? I remember it was like so important not to say that we even loved each other. You know, for quite a while it was. I mean, quite a while. And I just remember that, you know, the whole guarding your heart verse was <laughs> used like so literally, um, to where yeah, it was. You know, you can't give too much of yourself. And again, like. You said these things are good in theory and to an extent are healthy behaviors, um, but tie that with tied in with so much control for us. It was it was not healthy. And but we were also in a relationship for the first time where we were really, really trying to seek and honor God. So it it was kind of like, oh, well, I guess this is just (laughs) what it is to be in a good relationship. Like we're constantly telling somebody what's going on in a relationship and 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 this is beyond a like mentor that you have this is this is like just pure control yeah. <laughs> and so that's how our relationship started and obviously there's great things about it with the foundation of Christ but the way I kind of look at it is we're lucky that the very bottom bedrock foundation was Christ mm-hmm. because the stuff that was built on top of that was mostly straw and rubble and all those things. But I think the only thing that got us through in the end that the bedrock foundation was our love for God. Yeah. Um, And that we had had our whole lives. Yes. And we were fortunate for that. But as we came into our marriage relationship, we didn't necessarily have any mentors at the church of what a healthy marriage looks like. In fact, for everybody who's going to get married... We can't encourage enough to go through marital counseling before mm-hmm. you get married. Just to learn how to interact and love one another beyond your own lens of understanding mm-hmm. and 
it was something that we wanted to do. Of course. And our head pastor said, oh, yeah, I, I do marital counseling all the time. I'll take care of you guys. We'll do some counseling sessions with, with me. And it got to a point where he was always just too busy to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in fact, we did have one marital counseling session with him, which was when, Carly? The night before we got married. <laughs> the night before we got married. Yeah, it was a Friday night. And it was the only time that worked for him. And it was kind of like, well, I guess we've got to jump on this opportunity because he was making the time for us. He was so busy. He was so busy. I believe that he would actually make time <laughs> to help us in our marriage. For these little peasants. <laughs> but um, so we were, we were to, felt like, to feel very honored that he made the time for us. And, um, you know, I was in Orange County. We were getting married in Orange County where I grew up. Um, we were going to be married the next day, and so I was obviously there. And he was on time, though. No, so I drove in traffic from Orange County to LA to the church to have counseling, and he was two hours late. Two hours late. Two hours late. And to give you some background too, that that was my bachelor party and and that's very sad to begin with that that was my bachelor party (laughs) but my one bachelor party was the night before I got married and it was crazy it was wild we were gonna go to Lucille's barbecue and have dinner (laughs) literally that was all that was planned for my bachelor party which at the time I was like fine I just want to get married I love Jesus I don't need anything crazy Mm -hmm. um but I was two hours late to Lucille's so there ended up only being two people in my wedding that were there and two other people that were in my wedding that couldn't make it because they were too busy with the pastor after a counseling session. So um, if anybody wants to have a late bachelor party with me, just let me know and we'll work it out <laughs> and we can have a more retroactive. But anyway, that, yeah, that was my bachelor party was that night and I was two hours late to dinner and then we went back to my apartment and think smoke some swisher sweets or something <laughs> really classy we as in you and your me and like you're you and your buds me i went people. back home with my girlfriends and um but yeah so it it was and the that was our that was our experience and the counseling was I, we didn't even no, i don't even know what we talked about total caca <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was it was bad um, there was no legitimate. It was. It was meet. nothing that we didn't already yeah, know. There was, there was nothing about interaction with one another or how to deal with conflict. It was more just encouraging in us in the sense that, like, you know, you guys will be one, and um, that was kind of already beginning to be modeled to you, Ben, as an armor bearer, and what it meant to be one as a husband and wife, and what it meant to be one like as a church, as a whole. So when we talk about mentoring and what it looks like to have marital counseling, I think the most marital counseling I got was on my own through being in service at the church, being a pastor, and being an armor bearer. And I could sum it up like this. You love God above all else. He's the number one in your life. He's the only thing that matters in the umbrella of who God is, is your service to your pastor, his vision, and the church. And then your wife comes underneath that. So it wasn't... This is what you were taught. Yeah, it wasn't God's number one in my life, then I need to take care of my family, and then my profession and my church, family, and extended people that I'm taking care of. It was God 
aka the church, the pastor's vision, everything else, then my wife. So that was what was being modeled to me, I think, even through us dating and not being able to spend much time with her, is that my job as a man is to produce a vision for the household and lead the household and provide for them with a vision, as opposed to biblically what I need to provide for my wife is emotional, spiritual, (laughs) financial, and all those provisions went out the wayside because the main provision was providing her that I was loving Jesus and following God. Yeah. And And all those other things were just to be taken care of through that that vision. Yes. And and my leading by following God and following the vision of the pastor and the church would then in turn provide something for my family. Yeah. And it was always came down to the verse of um if you don't forsake mother, brother, sister, wife, husband for me, then you're not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. So that that was always the mentality. I can't have anything even close to God, which is true. But when God involves your church service and your pastor and everything else, then it becomes a little diluted and it becomes a little strange and weird that now my pastor's vision in serving him comes above serving my wife, which is not God-honoring. Because I'm asked to lay my life down for my wife and being gone and not giving my wife emotional support and everything else is exactly not what Christ would do for the church, is it? I don't think it is. No, it's completely the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure he gave everything for the church and everything for us. But that's not what was taught to me. And that that, that was the best marital counseling got, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, it, that's what we were taught. That's what you were taught, and in turn, what you taught me as a husband, this is what it's going to look like. Um, and so that was sort of communicated like, well, basically what that meant for us is that we're not going to have conversations that, um, mean that we discuss, we're not going to have discussions. We're not going to have, um, conversations about choices that we're going to make or decisions we're going to make. Um, it's more going to be a decision that you make that you feel is best for our house. Um, and these can be like, like small decisions and they can be like, you know, bigger decisions too. Um, because you are the one with the vision and that's, that's how it was modeled in our church. Every most marriages in our church were modeled that way, um, and it was all that we knew. Like this, yeah. we're we're newly married. We had never done this before, and while it didn't feel, I mean, at the time, it didn't necessarily feel like, oh, this is really weird. It just more <laughs> felt like, okay, this is well, a God honoring marriage. marriage. Yeah, like, th- and this is what it means to really have a God honoring marriage. And wow, like our marriage is going to be so much better than everybody else I know because, um, like you have such a vision and like you're, you know, you're truly serving. And the first image of that was getting a raise. (laughs) So I went from getting three or $400 a month to they said they were going to pay for our rent between me and Carly's place, which was a, how many square feet do you think that place was? Oh my gosh. 600? Yeah, at the most, probably. (laughs) At the most. It was a tiny place. It was a great little place. But it was awesome. It was a great place for us, our first place to live. Yeah. 
Um, so I was going to get a raise to pay for our rent, which I think was just over a thousand dollars at the time. So I was going to make it just over a thousand dollars a month. And, um, at the beginning that actually happened. Yeah. We actually did get paid that. Yeah. And then it kind of went downhill from that. Yeah. I, it was very rare that we got at that point or really got it on time or, but anyway, I got a raise. Yeah. So we get married. Our wedding day was great. It was it was about us. I didn't once feel like any part of the church was trying to take over or um, was in too much control. Like, I, I didn't leave. I mean, there are times where I look back and think, like, hmm, that was more about our pastor or, like, <laughs> he made that definitely about him. But I don't have the overall feeling of, like, gosh, our wedding day was a disaster or um, no, like a yeah. total just sham because of I can, our pastor I or whatever. I completely yeah. agree with you. There was nothing in my mind that thought that way, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. I felt like it, it's our not a tainted day in yeah, our minds, was, which is great. It's a great memory. I remember family members of both of ours saying, because it was extremely hot. Yeah. <laughs> and we had little umbrellas. And I remember we had someone <laughs> walking behind our pastor holding up the umbrella for him when it was too hot. And people were like, uh, he's a grown man, isn't he? <laughs> But another armor bearer was holding an umbrella for him, which is important to state. (laughs) Had had you not been actually getting married, it would have been you holding that umbrella. (laughs) But I would have held that umbrella. You would have during the entire ceremony. (laughs) And I would not have fumbled. I went to my knees, went to buckle. I would have got after it. Um, But anyways, yeah, we had a great day. We had an awesome honeymoon location going to the Cook Islands. Then booked an incredible... Yeah, the Cook Islands were awesome on the in the Pacific Islands. Yeah. South Pacific. <laughs> South Pacific, thank you. At Tu Moana. Yes, at Tu Moana. In between Fiji and Tahiti, that's yeah. all we need to say. Uh, so it was great. So everything was great about that except one experience you had. Oh, our better honeymoon? Yeah. Yeah, so there well, there was a time that you can discuss your email situation first. Well, yeah, there was a there was at one point I had to go to some place to check my emails to make sure that nothing too important was happening which at least it was only once I think if it would have happened three years later I would have yeah and this I mean we're so there's you know we don't have like reception on our phones or you know so it's like you went you literally went to a computer lab or whatever they're called it was an internet Internet cafe cafe. yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but I remember on a Sunday on the Sunday when we were there for our honeymoon you had brought a worship album, a worship album that our church had produced, and um, you wanted to play it and worship that Sunday morning. Um, and I remember just thinking, I think God is going to be okay with us, like, not doing something spiritual on Sunday. Like, I just, I remember sitting on the bed thinking, okay, this, like, doesn't feel... This is not something I feel like I want to do on my honeymoon. (laughs) Or beyond that, maybe the spiritual aspect was us loving each other and getting to know each other. I mean... right, yeah, there were so many other... There was a million other things we could have done. worship has to be the only way that you can connect with God. Right, but you felt that was the case. I felt like we have to... I mean, I got up early every day on our honeymoon to make sure I read my Bible and... Yeah, but I remember specifically having... And I don't... I don't remember how long the worship session was or whatever, but it was probably quite long. And I remember being sort of irritated about it and you got mad at me 
and it was kind of set the tone really for that was just kind of an example of like what was to come yeah. um but so i just remember thinking like gosh we're on our honeymoon like i think i like i think god will forgive us if we don't worship so some worship music on a Sunday. Yeah, how, on our how crazy to think that somehow God wouldn't bless us because we didn't make yeah, a, a but there was spectacle of a worship. Yeah, but there was that fear right. almost. Yeah. That and, with that fear was beginning to start. Yeah, that somehow was gonna miss God's yes, blessing by yeah. not it wasn't fear of the it wasn't fear of the, man yet. It wasn't no, fear it was of our pastor totally. yet. It was fear of yeah, what if I'm gonna miss something because I don't like really dive into God exactly. right now. And I and that's embarrassing. In fact, I never even remember that memory until Carly brought it up. Yeah, it was annoying. Super annoying. Maybe I blocked <laughs> it out. You know, I remember the good things. and But it was a... Uh, yeah, that was a, a strange moment looking back at it, thinking, now that you remind me, that somehow I thought that... That had to happen. A beautiful union between two people that honored God wouldn't be worship enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, we're on our honeymoon, for goodness sake. Yeah. Like, God's probably smiling now and being like, good job, guys. You yeah. honor me in your relationship. <laughs> you love each other. You love now go me. Go enjoy the beach. Yeah, how amazing. Enjoy my creation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, our honeymoon was great. Yeah. Then we went to Colorado for a week. And it That's right. stayed in the mountains. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, and it was then fun. Right when maybe a couple weeks after we got back from our honeymoon, Mm -hmm. our church was going to Tennessee to do some ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a sister church we had there and we were going to go basically run a revival for a weekend. Um, (laughs) Carly's looking at me like I'm I'm, crazy. I'm rolling my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was just a couple weeks after we'd been married and we drove the whole way. Yeah. From L.A. to Tennessee. Is there a further drive? (laughs) Yeah, and I made it the first time. Um, did we stop? We stopped once, right? One night. Oh, to stay somewhere? Yeah. Uh, no, we didn't. No, did we, we didn't. I remember stopping at Red Robin in Texas, getting something to eat. I think Amarillo. Um, I just, yeah, I remember yeah. stopping at Red Robin. You know me, those food things just <laughs> stick right in my memory. She remembered the bottomless fries. Yeah. Um, yeah, always. But, yeah, we drove the whole way. Straight through, we were in a minivan with... Me and Carly and I think three or four other people. Mm-hmm. And then some worship equipment in the back mm-hmm. because we're going to be wor- leading worship and, yeah. and doing ministry there. Um, and we finally got there, but that was a, I mean, that's a long drive. Yeah, it was a couple days, right? A couple days. Yeah. A couple days. We And we had just gotten married. Yeah. And you're sitting in a car with a bunch of other people. It's not like we got quality time together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the hotel and we were putting our stuff away in the hotel and, and trying to... Well, te- didn't didn't our pastor, didn't he fly there? No. Or he drive? Yeah, he did, yeah. Of course he flew there. Yeah, he, he flew there drive. with his wife at the time. Yeah. yeah. So he flew, and so we got, and of all got there at different times, but we were to be meeting up later to have a first meeting or something like that, and we were late. We were late because we were putting stuff away in our room, and then we got like yelled at. And <laughs> at the time, I was really irritated Yeah. because I thought... Him and his wife were more important than anyone else. We had to make sure we did. Yeah. And that time of ministry there, 
there was obviously times that were great in the worship, in the ministry, and the, the experience God. And we experience God. And yeah. We see God moving in this mm-hmm. other church. And seeing thinking, people's lives and changed. Like, and this is why we're part totally. of it. We can deal it with some of the other stuff. It washes out all of that other stuff. Because who cares? Um, but I think it's important to bring up at this point, even at, even at that point in Tennessee and throughout our whole time at the church, there was a major separation between men and women when it came to ministry ministry mm-hmm. not necessarily leading ministry because there's women that preached at the church mm-hmm. and there was you know women that prayed but when it came to being in a church service and mm-hmm. being in ministry I was never by you like where we actually physically sat <laughs> yeah we sat on opposite ends of the church and most all of the husbands and wives did yeah and even when it came to our home church I was in the front row and Carly mm-hmm. was probably in the fifth or sixth row even like e- even when we were dating, even when we were dating. yeah even before you were an armor bearer you were in the front row um, and then when you became an armor bearer you moved closer to his side on the front row on the other side of the church um, but I, I don't ever remember sitting together ever no I, dating I don't know never yeah never which is crazy I mean we were part of that church which ended up being six years, a little yeah, bit six, over that. Seven years, yeah. And never once did we sit together. Even yeah. when we went to do ministry other places, Yeah, it was because there shouldn't be any distractions. It's all about God. It's mm-hmm. not about your marriage. It's not mm-hmm. about anything like that. When God is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't he be honored by a husband and wife that loved each other that came to church together? Yeah. But I had a different form of ministry, and I had to make sure that I was... Not focusing on my mm-hmm. wife, not focusing on anything but God mm-hmm. and the pastor at the time yeah. to make sure that he had everything he needed. Yeah. And it was a big, I, I it's crazy to think about now, going yeah. to a church and not sitting by. Right. Me. Yeah, that is really <laughs> weird. Yeah, you just had very different duties and you 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 needed to sit in a different place to be able to fulfill those duties Right, always best. in the front row to make yeah. sure that whatever it was, whether it was changing the sound or Quick access. getting water or... Yeah. You know, catching someone who was falling, whatever it was, <laughs> <laughs> I had to be ready yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, and then when we were there, too, there it was our sister church, and there were some... In Tennessee. In Tennessee, and there were some pastors there that were um, from Africa, and... Well, it was their church, right? It was their yeah. church, okay. and um, we went to their house one night, and Carly, you want to... <laughs> we went there for dinner, right? And, we did, we went there for dinner. Um, it was... It was the armor bearers and two of the armor bearers' wives. Yeah, me and another me, guy. Yeah. Me and my friend, um, and her husband was an armor bearer. Um, and I think that was it, right? It was one, yeah, two, it was three, me, four, you. six of us. Yeah. yeah. And we had a dinner, and I mean, did we even all sit together? I don't remember the no, dinner um, part. Maybe not. Okay. I don't know. But I remember after the dinner... Um, the four of them, our pastor and his wife, and this pastor and his wife that were head of the church that we were attending in Tennessee, um, were talking, and I just remember all of us being in the kitchen and sort of waiting for the night to be done. We can go back to our hotel, go to bed. It was very late at this yeah. point, and we weren't able to leave until he was done talking. Um because I think we didn't all drive together, but you as armor bearers had to escort him back to the hotel. And I remember, I mean, we sat in that kitchen for hours. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, we, we did all the dishes and, and that was fine. We were, yeah. you know, we, 
they had served us dinner. We wanted to be helpful, did yeah. the dishes, but then the dishes turned into like scrubbing the entire oh yeah kitchen we, down. We, we deep cleaned ceiling the entire kitchen, and part of it was. It was almost awkward. We had nothing to do, and they yeah. were still sitting at the table talking. And but it so, almost so we just started serving, yeah, which is what we knew how to do. So yeah, so we, I mean, we. It was almost we, we wanted to make him wanted to make our pastor proud too. On like here, here we are. His you know you guys his armor bearers and we're the doting uh, wives, and here we are like such good little servants. So you know? embarrassing. But I remember sitting there for hours, and I mean, we, we all had Blackberries because iPhones weren't out yet. Yeah, but we, I mean, deep cleaning to the point of, like, inside the oven, inside yeah. the microwave, yeah. like, grout in yeah. the kitchen. I mean, Cabinets. like, scrubbing it. Yeah. And rearranging dishes, making sure everything was ordered right. Yeah, we just we had so we had, much time. And I remember sitting on the floor in the kitchen. It was past midnight. Sitting on the floor, we were playing bubble breaker. Is that what it was? Bubble breaker. Well, I was playing snake. I think maybe bubble breaker. You still breaker. had your Nokia phone. <laughs> <laughs> now that's embarrassing. <laughs> we were playing bubble breaker and just kind of on our phones, um, just kind of waiting. Like, yeah. when is this going to be done? But we couldn't dare have any sort of opinion about gosh like I wish this would hurry up or even if we we couldn't show that we were annoyed when yeah. it did end um it was just be like wow was that conversation awesome yeah there was Man, you guys had to be, really, God must have been moving had right? to be so much um <laughs> just yeah encouragement to, to him um you know never mind us who just had just sitting there waiting for it I mean, sitting on the floor yeah. in a kitchen yeah. while they were... Their kids were in bed. Were 20 feet away. and I mean, it was hu- a humiliating experience. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't let register in my mind. No, not humiliating, at all. But it, it, there was a point when I remember one of my buddies who I looked at who was also married, and he was he, he was about ready to, to just run out of there and yeah. just burn that mother down. <laughs> The first of many times yeah, that yeah. we felt that way. So that was just one of the many examples of just the control and the fear that was kind of instilled in us um, well, and, and, and what was to come. And I, I think even beyond control and fear, it was an example of what our hearts were for service. Absolutely, you know, yeah. And, and taking advantage of in that mm-hmm. way that mm-hmm. we thought serving God was, was, this was part of serving God. Mm-hmm. And it was... You know, that's how it started and yeah. always was, was we had a heart to serve God. Yeah. So, yeah, that trip to Tennessee was an interesting one, yeah. especially just being married. And yeah. And then we, we got back, and two months after we got married, uh, we got married in June, I think in August, the end of August, is when we did a men's retreat in Big Bear. So we had only been married for a short time, and we did a men's retreat in Big Bear. And the men's retreat was supposed to be just the weekend, right? Yeah, like just it was a basically Friday night, Saturday night, come home Sunday. Something, something along those lines, because most people were working. Yeah. <laughs> Although a lot of people didn't have jobs at our church, um, most people were working, and it ended up being where we went up there, and then our head pastor had a place on the lake that someone had paid for for him to stay at that was just an incredible place and um it was his place to kind of stay and hear from god and then as armor bears we got to stay with him 
we got to stay with him in his great place where everyone else stayed at a different place. It was on the lake. It was an incredible place. I think it was five, $600 a night at that time. Yeah. And um, we stayed with him there. And then when the men's retreat ended, he had an extended stay there, and he asked us to stay. And I ended up being there for almost two weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and this was after being in Tennessee for 10 days when yeah. we didn't have much interaction at all. Because yeah. when we were in Tennessee... Even when we got to the hotel, I was I was usually leaving to make sure yeah. stuff from ministry was ready or and you'd sound come home. was ready. Yeah, you'd or, come middle of home middle of the night after he was in bed and Yeah, and then then I get home, we're home for a little bit and then I leave again to Big mm-hmm. Bear and there for almost two weeks and just getting married. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, folks. <laughs> ridiculous well it was it was ridiculous because of the reasons that you were there like the men's retreat that was great you know like you're up there with several other members yeah it was a big church and big retreat yeah and but when it's over like it's over like what is what are the reasons that you are there for another two weeks well at the time it was a real pivotal point in the ministry at least this is what i remember in that it was almost going to be a new wave of what the next frontier of a minute. We just got back from Tennessee. God did amazing things there. We felt like this was going to be a catalyst to what was going to happen. We had just released a worship album. We talked about like all these things were happening, and it was really a time when our head pastors thought, I need to get away and really start praying about what the next phase of ministry is. And we needed to be there as armor bearers to pray and, and support him and to be honest, most of the day was was spent praying and reading the word and 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 doing those things as an armor bearer and just kind of waiting for whatever he wanted yeah. to do. So a lot of it was waiting around. Like I said before, he was a very not almost nocturnal person where we'd be up really till two or three in the morning doing things or praying or or cooking or whatever. And then I was used to getting up, so I'd get up in the morning with with some of the other guys and we wait around until one or two when he'd emerge from the room yeah yeah um and at that point we'd do whatever we needed to do and and but we always knew that when he came out of the room something from god might happen Mm -hmm. you know there might be he might have gotten a vision or or so you needed to be so you needed to be around we needed to be around yeah it wasn't like hey we're in big i'm gonna go Fishing now. Yeah, you're in Big Bear, so let's, yeah. go fishing, but we'd go fishing at like 6 or 7 in the morning. Knowing he wouldn't be up. (laughs) (laughs) Knew he would never be up. It was the same time. And then if we caught a lot of fish, we wouldn't tell anybody because we didn't want anyone to ruin our time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, during that time, what what were you thinking? Where were you at? Well, I just remember, you know, there wasn't like really cell phone service where you guys were, so... um, and the times that we did talk, you know, you weren't, you weren't really available to talk. And, um, you know, when I would call, it was kind of like, there were certain times that I knew that were okay to call, or you kind of let me know, like, Hey, this time would be good or now is not good. And it was, there was always like a protocol kind of to when was, when it was okay, when it wasn't okay. Um, and when I could expect to hear from you. And so, um, I remember just feeling like, okay, like, I guess this is just, again, like this is, I guess just how it is. Like, I just didn't, this isn't what I expected from my life, but, um, again, like I'm just believing that like God has my best interest and like, we're trying to do our best and do the right thing. And, um, 
But I remember, like, you know, I would ask you questions like, so what are you guys doing up there or what? So even at that, that early in our marriage, I remember not really getting why it was so important for you to be up there for so long and what you were doing that was just like more important than being home or around with me and and not even that I like you know not even like in a controlling way like I wanted you to be home and you know be a husband it was more just like help me understand (laughs) why this is happening because I'm not getting like this feels like kind of stupid and kind of like kind of crazy to me um that you're up here for this long like you know and so I would you know I would ask you just more kind of just questions that I needed more answers to or just sort of like explain to me you know what you guys are doing and not even in an accusatory way at all it was just more like I want to know what's going on and and there would be times you would get quite irritated because you yourself didn't really understand. You knew you needed to be there and you knew you, it was important, but you fully didn't grasp it yourself. So how can you explain it to me? So it was kind of, it was a contentious part of our relationship to. Yeah. I think this, this started our communication or lack of communication where I know I was up there for a reason. I was trying to serve God and God was doing something and I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to be, make sure I supported it. And, and this time we were fully convinced that what was going on in the ministry was going to transform lives and change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sitting down thinking, when are we going to get the private jet to be, I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but we had so much faith and belief that God was going to do something yeah. because we believed so much. Yeah. And you just you just had this feeling like we all believe so much and love God so much. Why wouldn't He do something so miraculous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I do remember being there and thinking I just got married and missing you, but mm-hmm. not really being able to say, "Hey, I miss you. I wish yeah. I was home," because then it might show that I wasn't fully committed to what yeah. I was doing, which is just ridiculous. You can be fully committed and still miss somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were afraid for maybe my response to be like, well, if you miss me, why are you up there? Or, you know, which maybe wouldn't have been my response. I just, I don't think it would have been. It wouldn't have been. I think at that point I just wanted to hear you missed me. Um, but yeah, there was, you were afraid to say that sort of thing. And why were you, why did you feel so afraid to say that sort of thing? I think I felt afraid because of what you just said, that somehow I would open up this conversation where maybe this isn't what following God really is. Or maybe you should readjust some of your priorities because I think I felt in the back of my mind like, maybe I should. And I knew that... Maybe you should what? Maybe I should adjust some of my priorities. Mm. And and I knew that you were such a strong personality in an awesome way. Like, not in a bad way at all, not in an overbearing way. I, I knew that you were going to have an opinion, which I always love about you. And I have loved from the beginning... But I think I was afraid that that opinion would then open up a realm of conversation that I didn't have an answer to Mm -hmm. and that might bring some contention to what I was trying to do in ministry. Mm -hmm. And if there was contention in what we were trying to do in ministry, then that would maybe bring quench God's spirit and what he was doing Mm -hmm. with our pastor. And then maybe I would be confronted about Mm -hmm. it. And and just all these crazy Mm -hmm. theories in my mind instead of knowing that what a relationship is, is being able to talk with each other 
and experience your doubts and, and mm-hmm. disbeliefs and excitements and everything mm-hmm. else and experience the gamut of, of emotions from deeply despairing to extremely joyful. Mm-hmm. And relationship is experiencing all those things together. Yeah. Yeah. Not just picking and choosing and making sure that we're always on the same page because we always talk the same language and we <laughs> yeah. always are positive with one another yeah. because we can't allow doubt to creep in. And right. So that, I guess, that's the yeah. long, short answer of why. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it make, doesn't make sense, but <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so that was Big Bear just for, there for two weeks, a couple yeah. months after I married. And, and that happens, how regularly do you feel like that was? At least twice a year. Tw- was it we only twice? There? Gosh, it felt like it was more than twice. that, but I guess, yeah, okay, a couple times a year. And, and remember, we, we're at a church in central Los Angeles that no one has money. Maybe one or two people in the church had like really legit jobs and, and the rest of us were either working at church or trying to make ends meet or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or homeless. I mean, we had people from all mm-hmm. walks of life living in the projects. So it's not like we were at a church that was fully had all this money, but yet our pastor was staying at a place that was costing probably three, four thousand dollars and it was probably one family at the church that was paying for it, the only one who had a real job. <laughs> <laughs> but in our mind it was like, Okay, that's what needs to be done for ministry, so yeah. it doesn't make sense to not allow yeah. that to happen. It didn't it it was like there there's no funds for this, but because it's something for God, like he's gonna honor the fact that this may put the church in red because it's furthering his kingdom or the hope is to further his kingdom yeah, or like this could have paid for our rent for three months. That right. Is <laughs> that we didn't ever end up getting paid for, but yeah, it was, it was always justified by, and, and we truly felt that way too. It, we felt like, okay, this is, this is the right thing. This is the right decision. Yeah. So that was, but looking back, it's total nonsense, complete nonsense. Why I can't even, have food in my house but yet we can go do that and then cook the most extravagant meals up there yeah um so then we came back and we started living in our house but the precedent was set set that serving god meant serving the vision of the house which was the vision of the pastor Mm -hmm. vision of the house as far as the church sorry i didn't mean to use language not everyone understands vision of the church which was the vision of the pastor and i was always on call Mm -hmm. so there was never a time i i feel like we could be totally, hey, we can go and do this completely mm-hmm. without knowing that I might get a call and have to go because it could be a various number of things. And a lot of times it happened at night. I could be going to bring food to somebody. Most All of it was service stuff. Yeah. It was stuff in your mind would be good stuff to do. But a lot of it was even service towards him, yeah. for him. Yeah. And eventually, like, was strictly just service for him. Yes. But, um, yeah, I could, it was a variable of different things that you could be called for but it it made us we were unable to make any sort of plans any sort of definite plans any future plans of like hey we're going to be going away for the weekends and um you know or even like date nights we were it it was we were unable to even have a date night yeah because having rid you're at a restaurant eating and then you get a call that you have to bring a meal to somebody right or or, and then have to say, no, I can't do it because I'm with my wife. Yeah. Well, you couldn't say that. No. That was not allowed. Right. Right. So, 
yeah, so it was kind of always on call, and, and you were gone most, I feel like most nights there was, most nights of the week you were gone. Yeah, there was something. There was always on. something. It was kind of like a schedule of things throughout the week that right. you guys had, you know, whether it was movie nights together or, you know, yeah. service Serve- stuff. Yeah, and, and then at this point, I don't necessarily know how to be a husband because no one taught me how to be yeah. a husband, so... I'm I'm in a situation where I get up really early in the morning. I read my Bible. I pray. I do all the stuff, and then my wife gets up at a normal hour, you know, like <laughs> eight o'clock, because she's Carly's still doing classes at school to finish her degree. She's working part time. You know, she's got a busy life too. She's but doing I wasn't stuff. up at like the crack of dawn right, like you she, were. Right, and when then you were then I'm like, oh yeah. okay, well I guess you're gonna. In my mind, I think, oh, you're getting up now. Like, I've already spent all this time with God. Like, are you seeking God? In my mind, I'm thinking this. So in, instead of loving her and saying, Car, you'll never believe what God's been speaking. Can I, can I tell you? Can I share with you what's going on? This is awesome. I think it could help your life. Can I pray for you? What do you need help with? It was, so, like, when are you going to read the Bible? Or, yeah. you know, maybe you should go... It, it, which is again embarrassing and hurtful <laughs> to think that I treated my wife like that. It, but I thought that was the way of leading my wife mm-hmm. in spiritual matters because that's how other people in the church were yeah. that I looked up to. You well, know? and didn't you feel like a part of you? Because yeah, it was very demeaning and very like accusatory. And um, but didn't you feel that you were sort of afraid that if I wasn't doing all these things as much as you were if I wasn't in my word for hours if I wasn't praying and reading the bible that I wasn't we weren't going to be on the same page and that you would lose me or you would that I would begin to have different opinions or like there was some fear in me not doing all these things and maybe not fear of me having other opinions but more fear like you were going to be talked to about your wife not right, yeah, living if, up to if, par. Yeah, if you're not really diving into what God has, then, mm-hmm. then you know, what, yeah, what might happen. Right. Damn. Yeah, that was your fear that you may be approached by the pastor of like, hey, your wife's not cutting it. <laughs> she's, <Right. laughs> she's, uh. Because as, as armor bearers, we were approached like that often. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I know there was a really pivotal moment in our relationship um, where we had actually finally planned a date night. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what we were going to do. I think it was going to dinner and a movie. Mm-hmm. And and we were ready. We were going to go do it. I hadn't been called. I'd already been at church all day, and mm-hmm. I'd gotten home. And we were excited to go have, have an experience together and finally go on a date night. And um, Carly was in the bathroom just you take the story from here because I think it's important to hear from your perspective so it as a reminder you know I was up until this point like so supportive of everything we were doing and felt you know never like really questioned what we were doing and felt so um on board with it all and yes it felt like different and a struggle at times and hard but it felt like the right thing we were doing the right thing um and I never I didn't ever at this point feel disappointed with you. Um, you know, even though I, you know, we weren't communicating great, but it wasn't even that we understood that we weren't communicating well. We just weren't. (laughs) But, um, so I think it's important to kind of set the stage that, you know, our relationship, this is our first year of marriage. And 
there's, you know, pretty like terrible controlling things going on, but it was still kind of just all we knew. And like I had mentioned before, I wasn't, I wasn't like disappointed in you, but I remember being on the fence of like, okay, I'm not quite sure at this point if like Ben is everything that I like need him to be as a husband or I'm not quite sure if like I can really count on him yet. Um, I, I remember being on the fence about that. Like it just, I, I, I wasn't sure up until this point, like it was kind of 50, 50, you know, and again, nothing to, it, nothing was your fault. Um, and like, you know, that we've talked about that. Um, and nothing was intentional on your part. Um, but I just remember feeling just, I wasn't sure where, where we were yet. <laughs> and then comes this night. So we were, yeah, we were going out we were looking forward to it. We had, you know, finally had a time where we were going to be together going out. Um, didn't have much money to go out, but we were able to go out this one night and, I'll never forget, I was in the bathroom getting ready. The door was closed, um, and you were sitting on our bed, and it was right across the hall from the bathroom in our tiny little place, (laughs) and your phone rang, um, and you answered it, and I knew immediately it was our pastor because the way you answered it, it was like you had that voice going. And (laughs) um, I could tell that I didn't know exactly what he was saying, but I knew that he had asked you, like if you were busy or if you were doing anything and because your response was no we've got I've got nothing going on like what do you need and I remember I could hear your conversation and I I know you didn't think I could hear you um or you weren't planning on me hearing you but our place was so small that I heard (laughs) you and I remember like immediately feeling so crushed I was so devastated that you wouldn't tell him that you had plans and you know here we were finally going out um and you didn't tell him that you were busy you told him you were free you had nothing going on and you were basically at his service and I didn't even know what to do with that I was so crushed and so I was just so devastated um and I remember sitting in the bathroom and you had knocked on the door after you finished your phone call and it was almost like you knew and I remember you just knocking on the door you saying car are you in there and I was crying obviously and I had you know had said yeah I'm in here and you know through a crying voice and I remember I could tell you had like leaned your head on the door kind of like in just total despair yourself and you were just like I'm so sorry and I remember from that point on I I couldn't depend on you I couldn't I couldn't rely on you having my best interest or even um making the best decision for us as a couple um so that was so pivotal in our relationship because there was a huge part of me that sort of died that night and continued kind of dying moving forward. Yeah, that's a that's a story that never becomes easy to listen to or think back on and 
think about the damage that that one moment did and the trajectory it sent our relationship on, putting my alleged in my mind service to God above my family, where the real true God would never ask for that above my wife. And, but I, I was in so much conflict with myself, but again, it turned into the point where I couldn't say, Carr, I'm so sorry that this happened, which I did, but say, I don't know if I totally feel this either, but I think Mm -hmm. it's what I have to do for God. I, I'm having a hard time with Mm -hmm. it too. Could you be there with me? So I never felt like I could say, this is, I don't know about it either. What do you feel about this? Can can we be in this together? Can we go through this life together? Can we support one another? It was it was more if I do that then then maybe there could be dissension and and then maybe what God's gonna do isn't gonna come to pass and so we Well that was that was the hardest part about that evening was that you know, after I came out of the bathroom crying, there was no conversation that we had. You know, there was no, um, like you said, there was no you saying, I'm so sorry. Like, I just felt like I had to help him or I had to go like, but I'm struggling too. And there was no opportunity for me to say, I'm really disappointed. Like, I don't feel like I'm a priority. Um, which would have been a normal relationship. Right. That would have been a normal conversation to have. And for you to be able to tell me like, no, like I love you. You are a priority. You know, I'm, this is just what I feel like I have to do. That would have, that would have been such a different outcome, you know, but that wasn't something that was something you were taught that you weren't really to do. You weren't to have conversations because like you said, that could disrupt and cause dis, you know, disunity and, um, you you don't want to give me the opportunity to potentially go off the rails in fear of disrupting the vision, really, you know? And so that was what was so soul-crushing to me was that I came out of the bathroom crying. I think you hugged me, and you left. And there was no, there was no conversation. It was like, I'm sorry. I'm not sure when I'll be home, but I'll see you in the morning maybe. Um, and I don't even remember what it was. I think you guys went to a movie. That's what it was, right? Yeah, something like that. Because oh he gosh. was, well, something had happened with him in ministry where someone had said some really hurtful things, and then he was like crushed and called, like crying. And I just that's need what made you right feel now. like yeah, you, I just you had really to be there need support and... right now, and I'm having a really hard time, and I need some people around me that care about me. And, and he was really good at making sure that he really made you feel like that was the only answer you could give him yeah. was yes. Yeah. You know, like it was, well, I guess he was you such a victim. You know, yeah. I guess you couldn't come, but then what would I do? Right. And, there was know. so much guilt put on you. So you were in a really tough position. Um, yeah. Trying to serve and, and love. And then someone saying, this is how you do it. I just, yeah, you were in a really tough position. Um, which in turn put me in a really tough position. So that was such a pivotal moment in our relationship because, um, yeah, I think I spent the rest of the night crying. And But I knew at that point, too, like, okay, this is not, I'm not going to survive if I allow myself to get upset about this sort of thing. Like, I can no longer depend on him. I cannot let myself... Um, 
get in a place where I feel like I can depend on him because I know I'm going to be let down. And if, if I, if I allow myself to be let down, then that's not going to be a good thing. So I have to live in a way that I'm always going to be assuming the worst, preparing for the worst. And, um, that's the only way I'm going to survive this. You know, if, if this is what it means to be married and be in ministry like this, um, this is, this is the only way I know how to survive. And that was kind of emotionally shut down. Yeah. That was the beginning. That was the beginning of the emotional shutdown for me. I'm going to be on the surface supportive Mm -hmm. and then turn my heart off. Absolutely. Yeah. And have a heart of stone. (laughs) Yeah. Which is my fault. And I'm so sorry. I want to put that on record. I know I've told you I'm sorry, but I'm so sorry. Thank you. I know Um, you are. It's a hard, it's a hard, yeah, it's a hard story to relive because it, it was such a damaging one for both of us moving forward. It killed both. I think it killed a part of both of us. Yeah. But had we known it had killed both of us together, (laughs) we could have, we could have been in it together. (laughs) Like, gosh, this is terrible for both of us, but at least we have each other. We were so isolated. So I had no one. I, I didn't have my husband. You didn't have your wife in a way that you should have. Um, and, and I didn't have you in the way I should have. So it really it really set the bar moving forward on how our, our marriage continued. And again, this is our first year of marriage. It's our I mean, first, this first year six of marriage. Months, this is all within our first six months. Yeah. I mean, this is like, yeah. In the Old Testament where it says a man should just not work for a year and just to attend to his family, that wasn't happening. Complete opposite, in fact. <laughs> in fact, you should neglect your family so they learn how to be neglected enough to survive <laughs> in ministry. So, yeah. Yeah. But but that's the case in so many different aspects of life is, for some reason, I think we as men get mixed up in what providing for our family is. Mm-hmm. And I thought providing was giving a vision and following God. And so many men think providing is bringing money home. and But provision... Goes it's so to, much bigger than that. It, it's you as a man providing a canopy of love, protection, and service for your family. Mm-hmm. That's beyond one small aspect. Mm-hmm. And it goes into emotional, spiritual, physical, monetary. How are you a safety net for your family? Not someone who is directing your family, but mm-hmm. someone who is laying down your life for your family and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was our first year. So our first year? First six months. Yeah. <laughs> Not even first year. <laughs> first six months. Yeah. But that'll be it for now. And next time we're going to talk a little bit about more in depth about being an armor bearer. Yeah. The you duty. will be. I, I won't. But you will be. No, Carly will add some <laughs> great insight. <laughs> but we appreciate you all and... Uh, Thanks for hanging in. The final four. Final four of this episode is the top four ways to survive your first year of marriage. So I will begin. I will go ahead and begin. <laughs> go for it. Um, my first one is to not let your best date night be Taco Bell. <laughs> Although we love Taco Bell. 
But a Baja Blast. <laughs> and those healthy chicken taquitos you love. Those, yes, we've talked about that. But yes, uh, if that's your best date night, you're not um, you're on not... good pace. But, or, are you truly living? <laughs> true, if Taco true. Bell's your best date night, you you're, you you might could be potentially living be life. living your best yeah. life. <laughs> Depends who you ask. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, my first one is do not... Check emails on your honeymoon. Oh, that's a good one. That's note, note not to good all, for anyone. <laughs> note to all newly to be married people. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone will survive. Yeah. Yes. Put an out of office on. <laughs> um, my second one is uh, to marry somebody who cares about their physical well-being. So you, it like, took care of yourself and enjoyed working out. <laughs> Or I'm laughing because <laughs> <laughs> remember that chubby stage you went through. <laughs> it wasn't so even, bad. I mean, you were like have the physique of a Greek goddess, not goddess, <laughs> a Greek god. But you went. Through, goddess would be weird. You went through a stage of just some chub there where you well, yeah. you didn't have the oppor- you didn't have the time nor the opportunity to work out. Yeah. So. It's understandable. It's understandable. Um, we did, when I was playing football, I was 235 pounds, um, but like 7% body fat. Literally. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I thought for some reason that I still weighed, if I still weighed like 225 pounds, I was in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that 230 pounds was. Now thirty percent body fat. <laughs> it adjusts and a little bit. Was a little different to the point where after we were married for a little while, well, after we had been married for four, four or five years, I went on a run with Carly, and it was ended I kicked, up. I kicked your butt. Let's just say that it was. Put it this way: it was a it was a mile run, maybe. Mile no, it was three miles. No please. way. Yes, it was. Give me it a was, little credit here. It okay. It was not three miles. It was like two miles. The first one we went on, and I hadn't run in probably four years, and you hadn't even worked out in four no, years. No, and I, I thought I was gonna. I legitimately thought I was gonna die. It was the best I had ever felt <laughs> of my, my own confidence, and and in <laughs> that I was actually better at something than Ben was. <laughs> I li- I, I we we ran on the beach together, and I could see the end in sight, and it was like a hundred yards away. And I almost fell down on my face and didn't finish it. I thought I was going to die. Gosh, I felt so And good. I could not believe <laughs> that she was still running. But, Carly, it was not even two miles. Like Yes, it no. was, babe. It was, we ran the strands, and it was at least two and a half miles. All I know is I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And I felt great, and... Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that I had that moment <laughs> of feeling like I was actually better at something than you. Um, whose turn is it? It's My yours. My turn. Um, marry someone who likes to cook. Yeah. And she kills it with that. Um, although for, I think. For I wasn't always, I really just took, I just took chances and I just tried things. That yeah. was really, it wasn't like I always cooked like my whole life. I mean, my mom was a good cook. We always had good food. Um, both sides of my family are incredible cooks, but, um, yeah, I just tried making things and you were such an easy audience. You were such a, <laughs> an incredible person to cook for because you were willing to try everything. So it was so great 
you were so great in that way that um, you weren't picky. You, you still aren't picky. And so it made it fun to try new recipes and and, yeah, and try new things. Everything yeah. since we've been married that we've eaten together, she's introduced me to is like mind blowing. Well, it was Except like you had never what? like tried anything before. <laughs> true. <laughs> like I introduced you to sushi. Yes, that's true. That oh, I grew up in Colorado. It's not like who wants to eat sushi in Colorado. Yeah, I know. But I just also was... remember like when we went out to eat that one time and there was gazpacho on the menu and you didn't tell me that was cold soup. Yeah, and I let you order it because you were so well. It looked so good. It was like it was fig, like fig like, something wow, like soup with. Gazpacho's cold soup. <laughs> you and were I, so and pissed. I, and I took my first bite and I was like, this is This, this is, is cold. cold send, it, send it back. <laughs> <laughs> or the first time we had um, tapas. And I was like, I can't believe this stuff is so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you see all this food we're going to get? It's only like a few. And then we got you it. Did, it was like this tiny little You didn't know that it was small bites. <laughs> all right, on to the oh. next one. Um, marry somebody that is on your same team, or I guess let that be the most important thing in your relationship that you guys are on the same team. This is serious. Yeah, this is a serious one for sure. You guys, you guys are on the same team as a married couple. Um, no matter what you face, you are a team. It's you guys against the world. Yeah, it's and that's an amazing world. feeling if you yeah. do it right. Yeah. Because two are supposed to become one. Yeah. And that's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my wouldn't, wouldn't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know now. Sure. But the We're first year, after we didn't it know. We're together, fighting. <laughs> um, my third one would be don't shame your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and That she's not spiritual enough, that she doesn't pray enough, whatever. Just. Just don't be that guy, please. And for the record, I prayed a lot. She did. <laughs> and she's an amazing woman, and she loves Jesus. So, yeah, just don't. How about the bigger ones? Don't be an idiot as a man. Try and control your wife. Just whatever. God, put it this way. God loves your wife more than you love her. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. And your final My one? My final one is marry somebody who's teachable. For instance, marry somebody who you can teach to make your bed. Because (laughs) (laughs) hospital corners are very important to me. (laughs) I was taught at a young age how to make my bed and to make my bed the correct way. And I could not leave my room most mornings without having my bed made. That was a chore. And for you too, Yeah. yeah. So, um... But as a married couple, making our bed was important to me. And, and maybe it was to you, too. But the quality of the making um, was maybe a little bit more important to me <laughs> than it was to you. So, um, Well, do you need 25 pillows on a bed? Obviously, yes. You can ask any woman that. <laughs> Throw pillows are essential. They, they're, they serve no purpose other than to make the bed look good. So... It's not an argument I'm worth fighting. <laughs> worth, that's worth fighting. I guess. Um, but I have to say you've grown a lot through the years in your ability to um, do hospital corners. Yeah, I'm still and not going to Can be. you explain what a hospital corner is? I can't explain it to you, and I won't be hired by a hospital, but <laughs> I, I think about it every time. Just, just don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so marry someone who's teachable. 
Thank you. I'm so teachable. <laughs> <laughs> and stubborn at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my final one is maybe the most important. Um, do not marry someone who's an armor bearer. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> and with that. That concludes our episode. Talk to you later. or leave a comment and if you have questions or want to open up a discussion you can find us on instagram or facebook at biography see you next time